Okay, so it is part three of this week's Echo Chamber. And uh, yeah, this this was this was definitely a fun one, right? So we look at the new indie feature, right? Which um going back to uh you know a little mythology, you know, UK English mythology, right? Robin Hood and all of that jazz. And then we speak with you know a few of the creators. We've got Bill Thomas, Sophie Craig, and um David Underwood. So yeah, definitely one not to be missed. A little info before we get into that. So um yeah, let's Okay, people, if you like a film festival, then this is something that could very well pique your interest, okay? Because Odyssey, a Chinese cinema season, is launching in the UK this May. Collaborating with Picturehouse Cinemas, the Prince Charles Cinema, and Shift 72 for your online streaming, the festival will create a hybrid experience to reach as many attendees as possible across the UK and worldwide. Named after one of the most significant works of the Western canon, Odyssey aims to offer an exciting and mysterious journey through the contemporary Sino cinematic world. Odyssey strives to empower the shared appreciation of cinema, drive inclusiveness in the film industry, and facilitate cross cultural communication. The festival will not only introduce the latest young Chinese film talents to the UK audience, but also host panels with industry experts, scholars, and filmmakers to boost creativity and exchange ideas. The curation of Odyssey revolves around diverse themes and genres. The screenings range from short films and features to new moving images by contemporary Chinese artists, demonstrating a pioneering and artistic spirit. Short film programs like Shanghai Animation Film Studio Retro attempt to break the boundaries between narrative and aesthetics and reimagine cinematography and visual art dimensions. In the feature film section, topics like Women Through Lens and Chinese regional cinema showcase the dynamics of Chinese society, culture, and aesthetics. All screenings will include a series of Q&As prepared by the curation team and special guests, including filmmakers, academics, curators, and critics. Industry-focused panels were the festival's highlights last year, which have attracted over 500 participants. Now in its second year, rebranded Odyssey, has prepared another 10 new industry topics from global global sustainability to new business models, from co-production to distribution, from regional cinemas to female film programmers. All subjects are the leading visions 
and will help explore film-related collaborations between UK and Greater China. The opening film screening event will be hosted in person by the Picturehouse Cinemas in London and Edinburgh on the 10th of May with a reception. The festival program will bring about a whole month of Chinese cinema from the 10th of May to the 10th of June 2022, with more than 60 films in eight curated sections, 10 panel discussions and Q&A sessions. Outstanding, innovative and inspiring. These films promise to add some sparkle to 2022. Most of the program will be available online for all audiences across the country. And several prop-up special cinema screenings will come up throughout the festival. The online festival platform of Odyssey will be powered by Shift72, a leading streaming technology that has been used by renowned international festivals such as Cannes and Toronto. Okay, so our film program, right? A little bit of overview. The opening film will be Hard Love. This is a UK premiere. The opening film, Hard Love, centers on the wave of single girls. It discusses social hotspots like love, marriage, family, work, and childbirth, which today's youth are most concerned about spanning eight cities, including Shanghai, Beijing, Xi'an, San Francisco, and Kwai Island. This documentary offers a group portrait of Chinese single women within a de delicately designed 97 minutes. Modern single women are also a heated topic for young people in the UK. Based on this mutual concern, this opening film shall go beyond the national boundary and bring audiences together. So that will be playing at 7.30 on the 10th at Picturehouse Fulham. Okay, so you've got pop-up special cinemas. Um, with these, we'll have films like Lan Yu, a classic that has come through the decades of critics. Lan Yu is one of the best gay films that China has ever produced. The film is not driven by homosexuality. It is a story about love. Its storytelling captures the arc of two souls and the vicissitude of Beijing over a decade. This 20th anniversary 4K restoration version brings its 90s tonality to life to the fullest. That will be playing on the 12th at the Prince Charles Cinema. Uh, then there's River of Salvation. This is a UK premiere. First's favourite UK uh, River of Salvation unfolds a down-to-earth portrait of life in a small town in southern China with a meticulous, meticulous narrative structure and its last six minutes reversal, the script draws 
enormous emotional power from the deeply buried history of millions of ordinary women and their everyday struggles. This plays on the 17th of May, 7.30 at Picture House, Fintry Park. There's going to be some short films playing, such as Neo Horizon, Right, the festival has curated this screening and award category called Near Horizon. The audience award, our audience will have the opportunity to review and select films which will be nominated for this award. The curation team of Odyssey have selected six outstanding short films from all 123 submissions for this award. These refreshing and reflective films explore a vast range of critical issues facing our society today and transport viewers explore the unique relationship between place, city and an individual in a mysterious cinematic world. Right, there's an exploration. This section consists of 29 award-winning short films, highlights the different genres, themes, and aesthetics of 20th century China's cinema. Ranging from atmospheric shorts to incisive documentaries, this section begins with a slice of contemporary Chinese sci-fi before delving into musical productions in inventive animations, and the comedy drama, dramas about cross-cultural misunderstandings. The section features a schoolgirl with a genius IQ, a drummer who finds inspiration in an ancient bathhouse, and a hard-of-hearing boy desperate to pursue his dancing dreams. The directors defy tackle, deftly tackle serious social issues, including sex trafficking, and the SARS outbreak, alongside subtle character studies. There's the Galaxy Artist's Moving Image. This is a must-watch experimental film program spotlighting innovations in the moving image, breaking the boundaries between film, text, and art creation. These films roam in their own aesthetic artistic galaxy and are all the cutting edge of Chinese experimental cinemas. The abstract concepts that drive the galaxy are no less exciting as the creators channel questions of cognition and perception through images of war, blindness and light itself. These selected moving images represent the thrilling point of which film and visual art meet, creating a groundbreaking medium for euphorical expression. And then there will be Shanghai Animation Film Studio Retro. This retrospective program is in itself second edition, supported by Shanghai Animation Film Studio. This section will be screened online from the 20th to the 26th of May by looking back at classic Chinese animation such as Little Carp Jumps Over the Dragon Gate and The Little Stream from the 1960s, 
Nine Colored Deer and the Dev Deer's Bell from the 1980s. Now in 2K Restoration, this section offers UK audiences the opportunity to enjoy animated films in different eras and art styles while learning about the history of Chinese animation. There will also be um, feature films on uh, online. So the emerging waves, right? This section pays special attention to the new generations of independent art house and documentary productions from the 12th of May to the 19th of May. Six innovative and inspiring films will be shown in this section in offline and online formats. Lan Yu, 4K Restoration, which is one of the best gay films that China have ever produced, will be shown on the 12th of May. Another award-winning title, River of Salvation, will be shown on the 14th. Apart from these special offline screenings, four additional films will be shown online via Shift 72 from the 13th of May. Being Mortal reproduces the bitterness of life by depicting an Alzheimer's patient's family. The fourth wall creatively uses the parallel universe as a narrative technique to discuss how to reconcile which family with family society and ourselves black tide coast follows a poetic style aiming to depict abstract emotions ideas and feelings beyond the control of images and the arc utilizes documentary images to recall the complicated relationships between individuals and society, science, and religion. Women Through the Lens. This section focuses on women's life experiences, which will be screened online from the 27th of May to the 2nd of June. This section currently consists of seven films. Wind Expresses the Plight of single mothers and daughters from ethnic minorities in a patriarchal society. Lum Conquers All shows an ambivalent, intimate relationship that can conquer as well destroy everything. Spring Tide portrays a mother-daughter relationship of two generations in which both warmth and confirmation are intertwined. One summer, through the eyes of the protagonists, to reflect many social issues arising in China today, including marriage, education, urban development, and the political system. And finally, Chang Yi draws on the classic Chinese myth of Chang's Chang Yi running to the moon to create an iconic and compassionate mirror metaphor between the unearthly fairy and the exhausted 55-year-old factory worker. Only You Alone takes us on a journey through the struggles of a young girl with epilepsy, trying to realize her dream of dancing 
We are also honored to have G Phase Girl from Human with us, which is a pioneering work from the 1980s that reflects on on and critiques the tragic situation of women trapped in feudal traditional marriages. So, people, as you can see, there is a lot happening. But, as mentioned, there are also discussion panels. So, the panel one, Twin Flame, the reception of British cinema among a Chinese audience. Um, Panel two, virtual production and potential impact on film co-production. Uh, Panel three, women's practice in the contemporary Chinese film industry, female film programmers on the rise. Panel four, potentials and obstacles for British cinema showcase in China. Panel five, Chinese original cinema. Panel six, global sustainability as a storytelling strategy for non-Hollywood Films, panel seven, future development of Chinese animation industry and international collaboration. Panel eight, an investigation into current press coverages of Chinese language films in the UK. Panel nine, new business ideas and models for UK-China film collaborations. And panel 10, new distribution strategies for Chinese films in the UK. So there is a lot going down at Odyssey, people, and it all starts on the 10th of May. So this isn't one to be missed, right? Now, we've got all the links and information in the episode in info, you know, as we do, so make sure you go check it out, because, you know, do you really want to miss a month-long extravaganza like Odyssey? Okay, people, so let's get it popping with a look at the adventures of Maid Marian. Okay, people. So I was very intrigued when this came past, uh, you know, came my way. It is The Adventures of Maid Marian. Now, as a kid, boy, I loved those, because they used to show those black and white Robin Hoods on, um, I think it was Channel 4, right? Yeah, I mean, remember they used to show the black and white Robin Hoods, the Zorros, the, inf- the, the you know, the inf- Visible Planet, right? Just all of those little serialized things. Then you had the films. There's so many different iterations of Robin Hood films. The classic Disney cartoon, you know, I mean? um, and let us not forget, right, the fantastic Maid Marian and her merry men. Oh my gosh. Like Tony Robinson killed it with that. And um, oh man, was it Kate Longeren was Maid Marian? You know what I mean? So much fun. 
So it was like, all right, what's this going to be like? You know what I mean? How is this going to be? So it is brought to us by um, Bill Thomas. He writes, he directs, he produces it along with David Underwood, um, Lucinda Rhodes Fakra, Jeet Fakra. Um, then it's executive produced by Kate Williamson, uh, Elizabeth Williams, with Fia Campbell and Howell Samuel Associate producing. Uh, Paul Jenkins is the cinematographer. Phil Perry edited the piece. Um, Manda Harold is costume design. Jordan Graff handles the makeup. Uh, we have got um, Katie Dobson and Simon Edrich. Uh, they handle, you know, the art department props and all of that kind of thing. David Irwood and Jason Peacock are on sound. Uh, Matthew Barker, Jordan Cadby, Stoff Dimitriou, and Chris Lavington Woods. They handle visual effects. There's a lot of people working on this, right? And our cast. Well, who is this new maid Marion? Well, it is Sophie Craig. Um, our Robin Hood is played by Dominic Anderson. We have got Sister Agnes, played by Lainey Boyle. Uh, Prioress Elizabeth, played by Jennifer Matter. Um, the King John is played by James Groom. Uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham is Bob Cryer. Uh, then we got Walden Tyre, played by Gerald Cook. Abbott Eusus, played by Ronald Stone. Baron, 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 William, uh, William DeLech is played by Danny Husbands. Simon de Belzim is played by James Dance. Little John is John Lepet. Um, Guy of Gisborne is Adam Benwell. Sister Gaynor is played by Sarah Tully. Uh, King Richard is Robin Gould. Harry Harold is Friar Tuck. Sister Mary is played by Emily Wyndham. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's our, that's our main group of people. And what's it about? Well, after three years of hiding in a remote priory, news reaches Marion that King Richard Lionheart is dead. Her lover, Robin Hood, is returning from the wars. Leaving her sanctuary, she hurries to meet him. But they discover all is not as it seems. William de Wendell, the disgraced sheriff of Nottingham, has returned from exile and is out for revenge. Ambushed, Marion and Robin fight for their lives and escape, but Robin is badly injured. Deep in the forest and miles from help, and hounded by 
by ruthless mercenaries. Marion must use all the skills at her disposal to keep Robin alive and get him to safety. Yes. Yes, people. So that's the film. Now, seeing, um, you know, we start off with Marion. Yeah. Trying to help people. Trying to help people continue on the, you know, the legacy, right? Um, little betrayal, but she she manages to escape. Then we see her back in the priory, the nunnery, more than nunnery, right? Um, which is, yeah, you think, okay, makes sense, right, as a place to hide. Um, but then, you know, word of... Robin returning and we see her go. Now, one of the things that did jump, right? The these these cats been hiding for years in the woods. Years in the woods, you know, doing their thing. But Robin turns up in a <laughs> in a in a red fucking, you know what I mean? Um Oh, gosh, I forget what they call them, those things. Let's say a red tunic. It's not a tunic. There's another name for it. I forget. It turns up in a red fucking tunic. And I'm just like, yo, son. <laughs> I'm not hiding in woods all, your, all, all this time. How you be wearing red? <laughs> yeah, which is real easy to see. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Robin, Robin's a dead weight for Marion, man. <laughs> Robin is a fool. <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah, no, shit happens. Um, and yeah, Marion, like this is, you know, from the title we know, this is a film about Marion, but... It does all make sense when you think about it, because, you know, there's no way, right, that she was hiding out with them. It's not like there was hundreds of them. So everyone would have had to multitask. You know what I mean? Everyone's having to learn new skills and all of that. So, Marion, of course, she, she was good with the bow. Right? She's picked up a sword. They're, they're, they're just things that you kind of figure. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a, a, a feminist thing. Right? It's just a practical thing. Everyone's learning. Everyone's doing. So, yeah, it makes sense. And Marion kicks some booty. Right? Kicks some booty. Uh, which is very lucky for Robin. Because, as I said, Robin... Oh my gosh, it, it's just like uh, the Crusades took away his intelligence. <laughs> they did make him resilient because he can take a stabbing. Robin can take a stabbing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Robin picks up injuries in this. Uh, like, you do wonder, like, how's my man still standing? <laughs> but he is. He is. Uh, but yeah, it's about the lengths Marion will go to protect her dude, right? And I think there is a funness to it, right? The, just having all uh, running all over the place, sword buckling, 
sword but no swash 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 swashbuckling swash it sounds wrong but i think it is right right um anyway yeah just seeing her kick ass do a thing i don't know if she's kicking in a door i don't know hey maybe right L living rough um yeah, eating roots, <laughs> it makes you tough, right? Tree roots and bark could be the new TRT. So maybe, hey, maybe she can key in the door, right? Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we say, I, I will, hey, a mad props have to go out to Bill Cryer because Bill Cryer is a fucking creepy-ass sheriff of Nottingham. He really does deliver on that front. And uh, yeah, Sophie. Sophie's a pretty great Marion. You know, she she she's like you do believe in all her emotions here, right? She doesn't want to give up. She's scared, but she still she still works to do what she wants to do, right? And 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 it is fun. It is fun. Um, is it a, a classic? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it stands with um, Cosner's Robin Hood. What was that called? Was that just called Robin Hood? I feel there was a, a something else. Robin Hood something, right? I don't know. But, yeah, it, it doesn't quite live up to that, right? But um, you probably want to watch this over the, you know, that that last iteration, <laughs> that last travesty of, you know, what I mean, Robin Hood. Woo, that one stunk, right? Uh, no, this one you can see everyone is having fun. They're doing their thing. Um, some fights are better than others, right? Um. I'd say some acting is better than others, but we do get, right? It's 82 minutes of fun and adventure. And that's what you want, right? That's what you're looking for with something like this. I feel it speaks the most to you if you were a fan of um, shows like Merlin Right, if you liked um Robin Hood, that TV show they did, you know, like all them TV shows, you know, what I mean, as I said, look, Merlin, Robin Hood, The Three Musketeers. If that's your jam, that's your jam, you're gonna like The Adventures of Maid Marian, right? I, I, I feel that's the audience here. You know, a, a Doctor Who audience. It's that kind of thing. So if you like all of that jazz, then boom, you're going to be looking to grab this. It drops on the 9th of May, people. So check out all your favorite VODs. There you go. <sighs> Some adventures in woods. It's time for Maid Marriage. Okay, so people, now 
This was a very fun conversation. We have got the writer and director, Bill Thomas. We have got the one of the producers, David Underwood. And then we've got Marion herself, the great, the engaging Sophie Craig. So, yeah, you don't want to miss this one, people. Let's go. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, people. So I am joined by a lot of the creatives behind um, the new film, The Adventures of Maid Marion. We have got director, writer Bill Thomas. We have got um, producer David Underwood. Um and we have the star, Miss Marion herself, Sophie Louise Craig. People, thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, no problem. Right, so um, there have been so many iterations of, you know, the legend of Robin and, you know, Marion over the years. What was it that made you think, all right, let, let's bring this to life? Who wants to go for that? That's the Bill <laughs> question, isn't it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was going on? So um, we've done a couple of um, shorts together. Sophie and I had worked together on a uh, documentary series as well, uh, a Discovery Channel thing, and <clears throat> we just got really well. So we were looking for something to do. And we'd actually got a kind of like a comedy horror planned. Um, and then I've forgotten which one, but one of the many lockdowns hit us and that sort of killed it dead. Yeah. And we were kind of, we, we kind of had a, a month down. So um, we kind of sort of cast about to go, okay, what can we do um, with the time and the money that we've got? Um, <clears throat> and kind of the things available to us, what, what can we do that's, be fun that's kind of in a, in a COVID world only needs a really small number of people and we kind of settled on Robin Hood. It's, it's outdoors so it's ideal for COVID. It's for um, it's kind of uh, kind of adventure action female lead and we kind of yeah we kind of got to Robin Hood. Uh, <laughs> okay okay and to go you know, in, in this direction with the character, right? What was the, um, because, you know, I think a lot of times it's just a retelling of the original story, but you went, was kind of like what happened next kind of thing. So how did you kind of come up with that idea? Uh, I think it was, we probably reached it because we were kind of looking at, there's a, a little gang of us who like making things together and, and, Sophie was uh, a fantastic actor who we've worked with before. We're just kind of like, what? So it's more that we came up with a vehicle that we can do something with Sophie with rather than saying, let's take the old legend and change it. So it's kind of, I've run out. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm okay. off it. <laughs> <laughs> And Sophie, like, how daunting was it to, um, you know, pick up the reins of Marion when you think of all the people that have played her? You know, Uma Thurman, Kate Moss, 
you know what I mean? Uh, Kate Blanchett. And I think one of the most iconic has to be Kate Lonergan, right? <laughs> so yeah. what made you think to yourself, all right, yeah, I think I can bring something new to this. Do you know what? I I mean, yeah, I mean, there's sort of like Audrey Hepburn even, you know, there's mm. so many people that have portrayed Marion. But this is, I feel like this is such a fresh take on the Marion that we're maybe used to seeing in different films and stuff. Uh, you know, this really, this really is. Marion does take the reins in this film, and we get to see that side of her. You know, even in the old stories um, and the legends and stuff, like Marion would pick up a sword and fight, and that's not a side, like not a side that we've ever really been able to see. Um, and Bill said something really good the other day, um, actually, when we were on another podcast. He was like, "Well, why not Marion?" Um, and it was like, I thought it was like the perfect thing. But in terms of sort of being able to play like such an iconic role that so many incredible women have done before me. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about it too much. It didn't dawn on me until after I'd done it that, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I'm at the bottom of a very big list of people that have done it, but hopefully it's in, um, it's in a way that's new and, and fresh and, and hasn't really been seen before, so. Yeah, I tried not to think about that bit too much, but it, it was it was very um, exciting, scary. Uh, yeah, daunting, like you said. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, not thinking about it is probably, you know what I mean? Could, I imagine it could be a, a good thing, so you're not, it's in, in your own head a lot of the time. But yeah. It, it, is a, it is a, I'd say definitely a new take, but it does seem to make sense, right? Because you think if you've got these people's, you know, hold up in Sherwood Forest, that they're not going to be like, oh, well, you just sit there while we do. Everyone be mucking in and doing stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you kind of imagine that Marion would be good with the bow. She'd be learning the sword, all of that kind of jazz. Yeah, exactly. Literally, why not, Marion? Um, you know, Black Widow, you know, you've got all these amazing female leads that, and heroes doing all these incredible things. Why not let Marion have a go? <laughs> let her have her time to shine. <laughs> so uh, when you were putting this together, Bill, did you, um, but, you know, with certain films, you know, I think 300 was, you know, one of those that you heard that the, 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 the cast had to go on some crazy boot camp to get into shape. And there's a lot, there is running around, there's a lot of running around swinging swords, which I imagine the sword is probably heavy, right? So what kind of boot camp did you make Sophie and the rest of the people's do to get ready for this? Well, I, I keep talking about COVID, but we had this the weird situation where we couldn't get people together for rehearsals. So <clears throat> all of the uh, action stuff was, was kind of done at home. So um, uh, our fighting choreographer, who coincidentally is called Robin, um, he, he videoed himself in, in his backyard playing all the different parts in in, uh, in the fights and then he'd send the, each one of those videos to the different actors and then they would at home they would go through the routines and learn them on their own so the only time the first time they kind of got to do them was actually on set on the day and yeah that mostly worked I, I also i also remember me and Zip, bill been on a last minute zoom call and you're getting a knock on the door and it was too full-size swords being delivered to your front door that was exciting <laughs> yeah i am um, i had met bill i think 
uh, maybe a good month or so before in a car park and you just gave me this sword and you were like there we go practice <laughs> i'll see you on set and it's just such a strange time because obviously yeah with covid and everything but yeah the sword was heavy um and i'm I, you know I, I work out i go to the gym i thought i was fit and then i got on set and i was like okay <laughs> All right. The day, then, day one of the shoot was just you were running. It was you were brutal. Running for, yeah, and you I, were running for about eleven hours. Yeah, I, my knee was gone immediately. Like the, the like literally, I got straight out of hair and makeup. And the first like scene that we shot, the first thing that we did was me running up and down this hill, and it was freezing cold as well. It was like you know in March time. We tried to schedule um, a lot of your running stuff all on one day, but um, Marion's traveling a lot in this film. So uh, you definitely had a long, I'd yeah. like to have seen your step count of what you actually did across the three Yeah, my, my belt, what was it, Bill? It went down like two or three notches, the wardrobe yeah. had to tighten it. Um, so yeah, if we did, if we, it was the opportunity to do another film, like a second one, then I would definitely, definitely be uh, running more before I got onto set. <laughs> Well, it, it, it sounds like you might be owing Bill some money because he got you in shape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for the gym. <laughs> I think you owe Bill some gym subscription here. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I'm not a massive fan of running, but, you know, you just have to lump it. It was more like high-intensity interval training, to be fair, within uh, long distance, but, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, David, like what, you know what I mean? Because I think a producer on a lot of films is it, it, often, you know, very different. So what was your kind of capacity with this one? Well, this was actually my first time producing a feature film, full stop. Um, I've known Bill for quite a while. We've done some shorts together. We've always kind of, we've worked together and, on smaller things and we've, we've always kept in touch. And Bill um, sent me the treatment and the script for Outcast, it was originally called, um, back in November, 2019. Um, and um, yeah, I loved it. We were, we were, we were gonna make it um, together, regardless of a budget, but um, uh, it, was, it was just exciting that we wanted to do that together. And um, yeah, so two, three months later, we managed to um, secure a budget and uh, and shoot it in March. But um, it was my first time producing. I'm usually an assistant director um, on uh, uh, sort of high-end TV and films. That's where I am right now. I've managed to pull myself away from set. Uh, whilst <laughs> this, I'm actually in charge of a, about 80, 80 crowd members on set, but someone's covering me right now. Uh, we're, <laughs> <laughs> um, for me to do a Zoom, but yeah, um, it, it was it was a long Zoom calls. Me and Bill uh, were always just on Zoom together. We, we in, in terms of the capacity, because it's um, you know the first time, and, and there wasn't as many people on the uh, on the team as, as what we'd be on a on a higher thing. We were talking about anything from who was going to be cast number two to who's going to book the toilets, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so the, the, the capacity of that was, I mean, Bill, you can chime in as well. I mean, our Zoom calls were very varied. It was down from creative to, to logistics, really. So it's about hiring the right people, which we always, you know, we, we, we had a phrase where we'd keep, we'd keep it in the family. We were always hiring people that we already knew, work with, trust, you know, on set. It, it didn't really feel like a film crew. It felt more like a, a camaraderie family, you know, if a tea table needed moving, 
you know, the, the, the camera operator picking it up with, you know, whoever's nearest. <laughs> you agree, yeah. Bill? You know, it was, it was, yeah, it's the, yes. beauty, it's yeah. the beauty of the, uh, the smaller budget films. You know, the, the person, the personality and the personability is, is there. There's not a hundred people there. There's, you know, you know, you're, you're there. Marion's running and getting thrown into the dirt, but everyone else is also there getting stuck in too. So, um, it was a, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm rambling, but it was, it, was a great, it, was, it was a fantastic opportunity. And I'm really, really pleased we, like, I did it because obviously when Bill sent me the, um, the script, I'd just started another job, but, you know, we made it work. And I, I was full-time on a, a assistant directing at the same time when we were doing pre-production, managed to uh, make it work. Mm. Yeah, there were a lot of late, late night phone calls and things and kind of uh, lots, of, lots of weekend work, but just kind of fitted it around our lives, I guess. Yes, yeah, that was very much it. But we, you know, we were always going to make the film. Um, uh, but it, we were just so pleased with what, what we've come out with. Really, you know, so it was a, from beginning to finish, from Bill sending that script. It was exactly a year, really, from that treatment to us submitting in December. It was a full thirteen months of our lives, really. As well as also, I mean, Bill was also doing bits as well. Were you working and directing on other things? And yeah. Sophie, you've yeah. been busy. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's um, it's been an exciting year. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Now, challenging um, and busy. <laughs> like, um, do you think producing is something you want to do more of, or are you, are you gonna stick with the assistant directing? And no, no, know? producing is the um, producing is the uh, the end goal. Definitely, uh, already doing it technically now, but um, yeah. Uh, it's it's a hundred percent my dream and my passion of what I want to do. Um, you know, assistant directing is something I've been doing for oh, well, I've been in the industry for eleven years now. Um, but um, uh, assistant directing is, is a great bread and butter, and it's taught me a lot. But you know, it's it's, um, it's producing that's the end game. My first okay. job was on Big Brother. Um, it's been a very, very varied career. I used to be, um, <laughs> I, I used to um, go into the house when the Big Brother uh, housemates were asleep and take the bins out and clean the windows. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was my first job. I used to, you know, the double-sided mirrors. I used to clean those uh, at three in the morning. Did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Look how far I've come. <laughs> Oh man, from creeping around a house to messing around in a forest. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill, so where did um you know the the idea of changing the name of the film? Because um as David said, it was so it's originally called Outcast. So what then made you think actually no, let, let's go with the adventures of Mate Marriage. Well, that's kind of partly, well, very quite significantly down to um, Signature, the uh, distributors. So kind of when we first, the, the kind of the film went through a couple of different iterations where when I first submitted it to them, um, because obviously they, they do a lot of this sort of stuff, they, <laughs> my, my original version really was kind of, was it was an 18 uh, film is kind of Robin Hood meets Rambo. It's very um, dark. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. <laughs> but um, uh, and signature kind of just they, they just kind of talked us through and gave us some great advice. Um, really, which which was that uh, Robin Hood's kind of more of a family title. It doesn't really do as well as an adult film. So um, 
we kind of went back, did some revisions, um, took out a lot of gore, that kind of thing. Um, uh, and kind of in the process of that, that's kind of when it's, as it got lighter, that's where the, the title change came from. And again, we just kind of took advice from Signature on that. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I think it's always interesting when you see a film and you, you see, oh, it used to be called this. And it's always that, I wonder why they changed it. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that will make sense. Yeah, kind of led by the experts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, out of all the stuff that you cut from it, is there anything you feel that, ah, I wish we could have kept that? Um, I mean, there's a very significant plot point, which, but I'm not sure what we're allowed to say or not. <laughs> no, no spoilers. No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's keep the audience yeah. wanting to see the film, you know what I mean? Yes. There's, I, I can tell you later, there's a very significant thing that, that does or doesn't happen, which would have been different in the, in the uh, adult version. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you once we're off the air. Oh, okay. yeah, no, that would spoil the film. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to write out the fire spinning clowns. Unfortunately. That's it, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, how, like, you know, you, you said you've worked with Sophie um, before, but how did all the other casting come about? Was, was it a lot of that, like, um, instant like oh this person we need to get this person or, or did you do a, a you know just a whole audition process no so um most of the cast were people that we'd already worked with um uh, as david says keep it in the family part of that was literally keep it in the family because my wife plays one of the roles um, <laughs> but, um, but, that, but that was again conscious because of covid we had to try to keep the numbers down as low as we mm. could and so yeah, Kira, my wife was already already in the bubble, if you like. So that was it. And she um she trained as a stunt woman, so she's got kind of like a, a bit of a natural choice to throw around and things. Um, <laughs> but um, most of the rest of the people all kind of came, yeah, well, but either people we knew or or kind of friends of friends. Um, I think kind of the, the significant, the two new people really to us were um, there was um, Dominic Anderson who plays Robin Hood. Um, there's a story there, we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, and then um, Bob Cryer, uh, who plays our sheriff. Ah, um, yes, he was very menacing. Yeah, so yeah. Bob's kind of... Um, yeah, Bob's great. Yeah. Bob's great, isn't he? He's yeah. a, a regular on Hollyoaks. He's done, done like about 100 episodes of that and various <laughs> other things. And, um, He's a baddie in Coronation Street. I've seen him be a baddie in yes. Coronation He's actually really sweet in real life. He's actually oh, he's the sweetest <laughs> man. Yep. yep. He's the sweetest yeah. man. But then... Um, uh, we, we, um, we, we also were quite lucky with our soldiers. Um, you might be led to believe we had lots of them, but with the cleverness of helmets, we managed to double up a couple of people cheekily. <laughs> yes. yes, a lot of the same soldiers die repeatedly. Our performances from um, from the soldiers were great because obviously Bill, you know, we we used a place called Eversley Woods um, oh, filming yeah, yeah. where they where they also uh, have live action role play um, um, and uh, you know uh, already some built sets there for um, for that and so a lot of our guys were used to. You know, it's not the first time they've, you know, pretended to fight with swords. It's, it's one of their passions and one of the things they do for fun. So we, we got the performance of 
of that, you know, um, because of those years of experience. You agree, mm. Bill? It was it was it was an asset, really. You know, a, a really good place to film, but. Uh, you know, it already had wooden huts built. It already had some of the liveries and things. You know, it was it was almost like a, a playground that was already built for us. We didn't need to really build many sets, and and they already had some of their own gear, and, and they they really were passionate about it. They were practicing their sword fighting. Um, you know, you can tell when people really really care and enjoy doing it. It wasn't just a normal, you know, you book book a book an extra an essay, and they, they're like, oh, I haven't done this before. These guys were passionate, and that sort of shows on the screen as well. Oh, that's yeah. handy. And the guys who turn up in the hairy blokes with their own chainmail is very useful. Oh, that's, yeah, very hairy. <laughs> big, big beard coming down with the chainmail and the, the helmets like that. I try to helmet on it. They're not comfortable. They're not great. Not at all. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I mentioned um, Dominic Anderson, who plays mm. Robin. Um, just, there's a, a, just a little story there, I guess, which is that um, I think we our first day of filming was a Sunday. And... Uh, on the Friday morning, our original Robin um, unexpectedly dropped out. So suddenly, with kind of two and a bit days to go, we, we didn't have a Robin Hood. Um, and Jeep uh, and from Picture Perfect, who helped us produce it, they kind of run around like crazy fools for, for the day. And by four o'clock, they'd found us another Robin, which was Dominic. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of nervous Zoom calls uh, that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Dominic frantically read the script, and then, um, but the first time any of us actually met him was on on set on the first morning of shooting. So he was right in the deep end. He was brilliant, though. He yeah. was definitely, you know, when just everything happens for a reason. It just, I, I don't think it would have been the same film if it would have been anybody else. So yeah, I think he did incredibly well to kind of to suddenly go from sort of naught to 60 kind of from from never having seen the script on Friday afternoon to having to know 90 pages for Sunday. By the way, you're now Robin Hood in a new Robin Hood film. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go. Well, I, I, I will say he's definitely got a resilient back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> hey, yeah, we do, I mean, no, no, not too many spoilers, but he has a hard time. Yeah. He does have a hard time. He really does. But there's a lot of people after him. So, you know. He's a very wanted man. And, He's a yes, very wanted yeah. man. Yeah, you yeah. guys yeah. really aren't that popular, were you? <laughs> no, He's lucky we, we, wanted to, we wanted to make him even worse. You know, he got away with a lot. So, he's, yeah. He did, he yeah. I mean, Outcast was completely different. This is great, you know. <laughs> yeah, he has a much, much nicer time in this version, yes. He does. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That is, is that, would you say, Bill, like one of the, the craziest things, like losing one of your, you know, key characters just a, a couple of days before filming? Yeah, I mean, kind of, because everything's done, done you know, quite a tight budget and a very, very, mm. not much room in the schedule to, to shuffle things around. So if we suddenly, if we hadn't had a Robin for that Sunday, I mean, it would have been fairly disastrous for the schedule, but luckily Dom showed up, so it's fine. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of it's scary, actually, um, or crazy to say how often these things happen. And yeah. like literally last minute, you're just thrown into a frenzy and the cast changes yeah. and it's two days before you're about to shoot. And it's so, um, it's really quite normal, even in like massive films, like it's... Um, I've, yeah, I've it's turned my radio scary. off 
I turn my radio off, but um, I can see my phone buzzing. There's, uh, yeah, it's very accurate. Film sets and being in the film industry, it's problem solving and adapting. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's, um, you know, it's the days of writing a script, writing a schedule and sticking to it. Uh, I don't even know if that ever existed, but it definitely doesn't exist in my world. Um, <laughs> my, my boss is currently trying to find 30 essays for tomorrow morning. Um, you know, oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah, it's always adapting, and like you know, COVID also is a whole other layer on top of how complicated things are. Anyway, so you think about potentially, obviously, we we. Um, you know, we got Dom last minute, but there was always, always a chance that he could have, you know, contracted COVID and, you know, you just got to think about these things. So yeah, adapting and uh, filmmaking is, is um, yeah, it's something you can't teach. You have to learn by doing really, you, you, you'll see on film sets. And this is why I love working with Bill. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be a sort of slight change or, or something going on and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I've, you know, I've pulled out this, here's, here's a new bow and arrow I built last night in, at midnight, you know. Um, he, he's, yeah, he, he just turns up, he had a van that was just full of absolutely everything you could imagine. Yeah. Um, he's not just a director, he's, he's, he's um, you know, man Legend. Does, a legend, like, yeah. He's, he's, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Builds all I his should... own props, builds all his own props and, you know, yeah, not just a director. Mm. Yeah. when you look at yeah all the things you've worked on bill like it definitely must be a, you know a great foundation to be able to do things like this and have that understanding of being able to adapt quickly and you know create components for the film yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's it's taught, taught me to be very visual I suppose so I guess I got quite a strong grasp on what the camera's going to see, what you can get away with, what, what you must have, what, yeah, what, what you can cheat, um, and kind of this this sort of budget's kind of made for that that mindset, I guess, because it's yeah, you sort of there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on and trying try to make it feel like it's as as kind of rich and expensive as, as it can be um, while you're running around in the woods with a load of restrictions. Mm. And things do go wrong. I, I seem to remember there was. Um... One of the bow and arrows was a bit temperamental, and you were constantly trying to glue it back together. Um, oh, that, I did. I did break a good two or three of the props. Um, <laughs> I was a bit heavy-handed with a spade, and you know. And luckily, James Dance, who plays um, Simon in it, um, he just would run off and fix it, and then come back, and I'd be like, "Thanks." Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody was just everyone just mucked in. Um, but yeah, I was I was quite heavy-handed with some of the props. I got very into it. It just <laughs> there's, there's a moment where Sophie hits somebody in the face with a spade, and that's that's what she's referring to there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hit their there. face. I just no. was a bit heavy with the with the spade. <laughs> and it wasn't even in the script, right? <laughs> that was just saying nothing about. <laughs> Have to write in a black eye for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I don't know. It was. I mean, it was hard work, but it was a ton of fun. It was kind of. Yeah. It was very, very good natured shoot. Um, as as we said before, because it's kind of keeping it the family. Mm. Kind of like it, we all. Everyone knows each other before, and we all get on really well. Um, so yeah, really. Yeah, it was. It was a surprisingly smooth two weeks, given mm. what it could have been. Mm. 
it means everybody gels gels really fast as well like you know everybody yeah everybody gets along straight away yeah i do it all again tomorrow everyone was amazing it was so okay, we, we, all, we all heard you say that <laughs> <laughs> i'm in sign me yeah. up I won't break just, just, just gonna jump down more <laughs> more running. Yeah. More I'll be running. ready this time. I'm, I'm, writing, yeah. I'm writing it down now so I don't forget. More running. More okay. Running. Note to it's, self. It's probably worth mentioning, um, just in terms of keeping up the family, that um, just at the thought I might mention um, our director of photography, uh, Paul Jenkins, yeah. um, who's about 400 years old. I'm sure he won't thank me for saying that. But um, we've, we've done tons and tons of things together. And, it, and again, Sophie and I work with him. On American Monster the, the summer before, so yeah, kind of he's he's somebody I trust implicitly and who we know is fast. You got a fantastic eye, yeah. So it just kind of fit together, really. Brilliant. Yeah, the film the film looks beautiful. You know, it's just you know, it's it's just a joy to watch, really. Uh, you know, I don't know the, the, the exact name of it, but the camera rig that he had, uh, it's, it was just so dynamic because it's just there, ready to be. You know, it's like a it's like a body mount, wasn't it, hanging off of a yeah. string? <laughs> easy, easy rig, yeah. Easy rig, yeah. Well, it was easy rig, and it's easy to watch afterwards as well. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were very blessed with all the costumes as well that we we got um, from a theatre in Norwich as well. Yes, a, fr right. a friend of ours. Again, it's we keep saying keeping in the family, but um, one of the actors, uh, Harry, who played Friar Tuck. His wife Amanda um, is uh, a wardrobe mistress in a, in a little theatre, so she provided us with probably ninety percent of what we use at the end, and then some of it also came from the live role players, as we said, arriving with their own chainmail and things. And, yeah, Sophie's a fan of chainmail. It's <laughs> <laughs> very heavy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not the. Uh... The, the nice chainmail that most actors prance around in um, that looks like chainmail but isn't. They put me in the hardcore three stone chainmail. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was. Oh, there was the the our wardrobe um, and and uh, Jordan. She literally was holding the chainmail in between takes. Like I would sit down and she'd come over and put her hands under the chainmail and try and lift it off my shoulders just because I was like, oh, like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was heavy. Incredible. It was beautiful and it was incredible. And to wear it, like I I said this the other day, like the exhaustion on my face is real. Like I'm supposed to look tired, but it's it's all real. <laughs> so so what was the the worst? The chainmail, the sword play, or pulling a bow, a bow. Oh, I love I you know what I loved all of it. For me it was the chainmail. I loved sword fighting. I loved I love a bow, like doing the bow and arrow. I, I love fighting. I'm quite a, a physical person. Um, so, you know, that doesn't, none of that's daunting. I've done a lot of fighting work before. Um, or I, I did wrestling as well. So, like, for me, it was, that was fine. Um, it, but, yeah, the ch I, I struggled with the, the chain mail. The first couple of days I didn't sleep. I don't know if it was excitement or a bit of anxiety and or whatever. And then um, we had two very heavy days of running and fighting the first couple of days. Um, and there was, yeah, I put the chain mail on after I'd had it on the previous day and my shoulders were all, pr like, purple. Um, and that, for me, I was like, oh, yeah, this is... This is this is sore, but it, it it was great. I think it added it added to it. It it, it just you just and the minute the the camera goes on, it's like okay, there you go back and, and you just use it. You know, you just channel mm. it. But 
um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I loved every single second, every second. Uh, and can you actually hit a target with a bow and arrow? Yes. We should just leave it there, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, I can. I can. There was actually one of the um, one of the shots that we needed for the film. <laughs> I was. Um, we were it, we were like running around trying to get the shot or whatever and i had to try and get it in um in a, a bullseye for, for this shot but on one of the takes i didn't have um i had like obviously all my arm guards on and everything but i didn't have a chest guard on and the string just went bing and it like literally skimmed quite past there and that that was painful but um uh but no yeah i, I mean i didn't hit anything i wasn't supposed to um, and I hit exactly where I was supposed to hit. So, yeah, it was great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody died. Nobody died. We were very careful with that, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear that is an important, you know, bit of set etiquette there. <laughs> yeah, not to aim it at anyone. Yes. <laughs> now, shooting during COVID with all the restrictions and everything like that, but does it then create this, I mean, you, you've got to feel very satisfied being able to, you know, put together a whole film, but also it, it's that problem solving, right? Because if you can make a film during all of that, right? Doing it any other time is going to be a, a piece of cake relatively I think, I think we well I was just gonna say we, we were blessed um because uh you know it was, it was all set in woods really right Bill Bill had kindly written that and not two cast members in a prison cell right next to each other you know like we were we were we um we were lucky to have that element that uh, we were outside a lot we were obviously very COVID compliant we uh, we had a um a COVID supervisor we did, um, you know, it's the same as what happens on, on bigger film sets even today with, with, with us. We we had, you know, a health questionnaire. So you fill out a form that says you feel well and you don't feel ill and you don't have any symptoms. And that's the logistics of it. But um, it's it's um, it's difficult because it does add this whole other layer. It makes things more expensive. Um, and, it, you know, at any given moment, it can, you know, so, say Sophie gets it. Sophie's in almost every scene. Um, um, we didn't, so we were lucky with that. But you know, we, we we did lateral flow tests before any intimate scenes, and and we were very very planned out with it. But um, is there anything you want to say about that as well, Bill? Like it was it was it was well, just, daunting, just the, but it went well because it was written during COVID. Um, we we sort of we thought about that, I guess, and that's that's part of the reason we settled on let's do one of the reasons that we chose to do Robin Hood was because it's mostly outdoors. And so kind of, so from a COVID point of view, it's kind of the safest environment to be in. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of a conscious decision really that everything happens uh, in big wide open spaces and we don't have, we don't really have very many intimate scenes. And that's <laughs> testing when we did. Um, yeah, that was the first day yeah. actually. The first day yes. when I just met, I just met um, Dominic and uh, Claire, our COVID supervisor, was like, here we go, here we go. And it was like, and kiss. It was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like nice to meet you. Stop it up your doors, kiss. 
was, um, but yeah, no, it was great. Claire was amazing, and yeah, nobody and nobody got COVID, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, we're very, we're very lucky with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it comes down to the planning as well. But again, you mm-hmm. can't, as you see in the news, you know, there's cases still growing today, and it, it, some of it is is an element of safety, but some of it is just luck as well. We were we were lucky with it. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, that, yeah, it, it's definitely a handy thing. Um, now, putting these things together and being, you know, the fact that you've all worked on all scale of budget things, like what is more satisfying, right? Working on that big budget production or working on something smaller budget and just seeing it really become this great thing, you know, all come together and just work in a way where, you know, you don't necessarily have to think about making a big budget film. I think uh, I'll start, if that's all right, I guess just, I'll start that again, shall I? <laughs> the, um, I think for, certainly for me, because I have worked on lots of big things, um, the, you can kind of get lost on big productions, so you, you become quite a small cog. Uh, and it all becomes very, very, very departmentalized. And um, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's kind of sometimes being on a big thing, seeing the scale uh, and the scale of thinking that goes on is, is incredible. You know, and there's kind of, you know, huge, huge things blowing up in massive sets and you know, literally hundreds of people. And that can be quite awe-inspiring sometimes, but, but I'm not sure it's as much fun. As doing small things because when you're doing small things everyone knocks in um you can share ideas you can try different things out um it's, it's i don't know it's just, it feels a lot more creative personally i think the, the thing is with the bigger budget uh you know productions there's a lot more opinions there's a lot more people um so with with with, with a smaller budget there's less people there's less opinions and as you say bill has said you can be more creative um, you can still be creative on the bigger stuff if you're in charge, obviously, but, um, you know, it, when you've got a full feature film to shoot in three weeks, you have to be as efficient as possible and having less opinions and, and being able to be fully creative, that, that's how it works. And, and it's a joy to, to be in that realm, really, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, Bill's written this, he wants to be in charge of it, you know, and um, um, that's why... Um, yeah, in, in answer to your question, uh, always be rather be doing the, the smaller stuff where you're in charge. Definitely, um, that's that's the ultimate goal, and, and it was good to be there. You know, doing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sophie? Um. Yeah, there's something really lovely about just all mucking in and. It, I, I, Obviously, everybody wants to work on like the big budget things and this, that, and the other. But I think even from an like an actor's point of view, there's just something really charming. Is is that the word? Like I don't know if that's the word. Um, just special, you know. And it it feels like much more of a. It's like, look what we did with what we didn't have. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, mm. um, look what like yeah. There is a bigger sense of achievement, and it's like you you have if you have less budget, you have more. There's more obstacles to overcome, and and the fact that you still come out with something so like lovely and brilliant and true to what it was you had in mind originally 
you know, um, even with maybe not all the money in the world. Um, and the fact that everybody was a really big part of this, um, I feel it makes it much more special. I'll never forget uh, the first time that Bill and, and me, we got the, the first rough cut of the first eight to 10, ten minutes of the film, but it had the opening uh, sort of music, it had the opening title music. And there was my name, you know, with the word producer written above it. Um, I'll never forget that moment. It's just, you know, it was all epic, awesome. I watched it over and over. And the music's great. Oh. The music's, the music's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the music. The music's brilliant. He didn't watch the film. He didn't watch the film. He just watched his own bit going past. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, David, yeah, what was the film like? I don't know. Didn't get past the first <laughs> few seconds. Oh, my, my name is it's within the first 30 seconds. So you don't need to watch any more. I was like, Mom, Dad, look at this. Look at this. Mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've been credited before, but there's no no better feeling than that, you know, seeing that. The film's oh, that's great, man. But yeah, that like I I think that's a big thing though. There's a lot of times these moments happen, but we don't realize it or we don't have the time to be like, yo, this is happening. So the fact that you know, being your first producer thing. And you being able to just absorb all of that and realize that moment, that that's that's a great memory to have. Yeah, I'll never forget it, never forget it. And then, you know, we, we've got a, um, a little screening going on in a couple of weeks on a big screen. And I will, you know, have that moment again, but 60 foot, you know, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> Nice. We might not be able to rewind it over and over again, though, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jump up and be like, pause, pause it there, guys. Just pause it. There. <laughs> I'll make sure we cheer really loudly. <laughs> Every time someone's Who's name comes up. I would say I worked in a cinema while I was at university and the amount of times people said, could you not just rewind it? And you'd be like, <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. I cannot rewind the film. <laughs> I used to work in a cinema too. Yeah, it's not it's not a thing. You can't do that. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So um now with if you know Robin, Marion, and the crew survived the film. Is there any thought of maybe letting them continue their adventures? Who's going there? That's you, Bill. I mean, you know, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> well, you, you, you did direct and write it, so I wasn't. You had oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, we'd love to. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, that's for higher powers than us to, to decide. But I uh, know we'd, we'd absolutely love to do it again. It'd be great fun to do it as a series. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 1 million percent. That's what we're going to manifest. We just need everyone to watch it, everyone to say really lovely things. And then, for, and then for Signature to be like, there we go, off you go. Because we're all ready. <laughs> we, have, um, we, we have just, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, just finished doing um, Three Musketeers. Uh, ah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, on IMBD, it says post production. So yeah. that's all done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there'll be several familiar faces appearing in that. Mm -hmm. um, that was, but we'll, that's, that's a conversation for another time. 
Okay, well, yeah, I'd be happy to have that. I would say the Three Musketeers and Robin Hood were two of my favorites as a kid. Just all the different iterations, you know, even Doug Tanyon and the Three Musket Hounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, yeah. yeah, they were great. Love that. Brought, brought up on that, yes. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess, like, Maid Marian must have been... Um, you know, a, a, a nice little foundation for, you know, something like the Three Musketeers. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of very similar in setup. It's just kind of a, a, a slightly larger scale. Um, yeah, there's a lot of very sort of similar themes and I guess similar skills required as well. Mm. More chain mail? No, not this time. It was just for me. That I, it's only, I only get the chain mail, unfortunately. <laughs> wearing, wearing, it, wearing it under your costume, yeah. <laughs> Even if there's no chain mail in any of the yeah. films, I, I'm just going to have to wear it from now on, I guess. You know you're going to have to wear it for the, the screening next week. <laughs> Great, I'm ready. I've got a lovely black dress and then a three-stone chain mail like vest. So yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, being, you know, uh, such a condensed kind of shoot, like, how did you keep track? Are you the type to, um, oh, my gosh, I forgot the name of it. Oh, man, when you just <laughs> have the pictures of the seeds. Oh, storyboard. Oh, movie, movie yeah. magic. Oh, my God, oh. storyboard. Yeah, that's it, storyboarding. <laughs> do you storyboard no. or do you just keep it all up in the mind? Like, how do you kind of keep track of everything well kind of um along with the cameraman um we did, did a bunch of site visits beforehand so we kind of walked around sophie came with us and walked around the sets and we kind of we, we kind of blocked out we couldn't get everyone there to have big rehearsals but we, we walked around it kind of visualized it all figured out roughly where people would be blocked um how the scenes would play out so we never storyboarded but we we had a very good sort of visual idea of what we were going to be doing every day. Um, and so kind of, like I said, Sophie came as well, so kind of she was already familiar with the environment and knew how the scenes would play out. Um, but I don't find, when I first started directing, I storyboarded quite a lot. And mm. the, more I, the more I do it, the less I storyboard, unless it's, I don't know, a visual effects sequence or something that requires specific shots. Um, just because there are so many, you know, I was saying about problem solving, kind of so many different things happen that, that, I know as soon as I know a prop doesn't arrive on set or or now it's raining and it wasn't supposed to or any of those things happen, your storyboards go out the window anyway. So it's far better just to have a good feel for what the scene is and what the, what the story in the scene is and then go and film it, I guess. Yeah, as Phil says, you never know what's going to happen with the problem solving. We, we actually had a location dropout on us the day before we were supposed to be shooting. Uh, a church um, and you know it, it, we did have a backup luckily but um, things can go wrong that last minute um, but we were very blessed you know quite a large amount of the film is shot in Eversley where we know the owners of the, of the site very well um, so we're quite blessed as you say if it rains or if something happens you just bounce around and problem solve and when we were doing recce we find little bits of the woods that look good and, and little bits you know 
one of the one of the issues that does come up with shooting in the woods across a period of time obviously the shoot was three weeks long but when we went to the edit there were certain shots that need to be reshot or, or little gaps all of a sudden you've gone from march to august the leaves look different mm. so um that can be a challenge um uh matching that making sure that that goes on um yeah uh um <laughs> leaves <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we you can tell we don't get into you very much can you <laughs> hey but you know like i think the thing that people always want to know you know what i mean with something like this is just like everything that went down right you don't want to hear that edited version of oh it was all perfect and or like you know just find out be like oh so that was an issue and that went wrong but we overcame it in this way so you know what i mean it's just like that's an honest conversation and that's what people want so it's all appreciated guys Yeah. yeah so um with the script bill like how easy was this to write because especially i think that was one big thing well, it's a funny thing with COVID. Because some people were able to be mad productive, but then you saw a lot of writers and there was books that were meant to come out and scripts and TV films. And it all kind of, some of that stuff stopped because the creativity and people struggled. So how was it with this story? Did it just, boom, jump into your head? Or was, was it more of a meticulous, right, I'm sitting down, I'm writing and trying to get it done? Okay, I, I tend to work best when I've got a deadline, and I, I kind of, I, I kind of gave myself an enforced deadline, which was we, we shot in March, but I, I think I started writing it in October or November, whenever I think it was a, an October lockdown for that we knew was going to be four weeks long, um, and uh, I was doing a documentary series, but I knew that I had a month off in March, and so it's kind right. of right. Okay, that gives me from now till March. To get this together um so and, and i've now i've accidentally gained four weeks off because of covid so mm-hmm. now it's, it's kind of now or never really so i just kind of made myself write it and spent that month writing it and well one of the first things was messaging sophie and saying how about it and then the same mm-hmm. to david and just <laughs> trying to put the team together um i just also, i just started a contract that day as well when i when i got it through yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, with the job I was on at the time, um, just before, like the month before we shot, um, we had a COVID case on our job where we ended up standing down for a month, which you know, meant I was at home for a whole month. And uh, it was in a pivotal time where we were coming up with the schedule and coming up with casting and all kind of stuff. So it, it timed quite well. Um, there was a lot of um, online YouTube tutorials on how to use movie magic to schedule a film, things like that. That was what I was doing. That was it, really. It was... It, it was various things that all of the, all of us are trying to plan and trying to do um keep getting stopped they keep getting shut down we can either well we can either just accept it or do or try and do something about it i guess and i think it was just that yeah now now or never we we can we can move around sulking for four weeks or do something and mm. um, so we made a film that's great yeah it, it's always impressive when you can see that people, you know what I mean, set their heart on something and they overcome all the hurdles and make it happen. So, yeah, big yeah. congratulations. And the film drops on Friday, I believe, the 22nd, right? Oh, no, uh, May the 9th. 
made a night. Right, I, just, I moved up the I moved up the release early. Sorry, guys. All right, you can you can have a little bit longer than that. All right, so maiden nine. Um, so people, all the information will be in the episode notes. So make sure that you take a look and you follow everyone's socials now. Because I know I have to let you go shortly. But how can people keep track of you and all these other great projects that you're working on? Sophie's probably the most uh, the most findable person I would have thought. <laughs> um, I guess just uh, online on Instagram or on Twitter at it's Sophie Craig is where you can find me. Just doing probably just more pictures of my dog than anything, but if that's a thing. Female <laughs> or just fur? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Okay, and Bill. Uh, I'm one of those people that barely exists on social media. Enough, enough kind of, uh, I use Facebook, Facebook with my friend, friends a lot. Um, but I guess in Instagram, I probably post about twice a year or something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very dull in that respect. Uh, <laughs> um, I, have an, I have an Instagram, but it's very much, um, yeah, I post maybe once every few months or so. If you're interested in pictures of my food or, or my number plates on my cars, then you can probably follow me. <laughs> 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 there's there's one other thing I just thought we should maybe throw in a quick, which is, um, you know, we're, we're saying we, we did this, we did that, but it's just worth saying um, Cheat and Lucinda from Picture Perfect, kind of without them. Um, yeah. They, they kind of broken mm. the deal for us. They, they've had a long-term relationship with Signature, the distributors, and they kind of, um, yeah, they, they raised the money for us. It's all made it possible, really, so we should say a big thanks to them. Yeah, thank yes, you. very much so. Thank you. Both, and, and both brilliant. With it being my first time producing, I've, I've got lots of experience on set and, uh, and working in film and television, but the whole new role of this with obviously working with Bill, who's so proactive and so um, so good, it was just a joy to, to do, really. It was my first project. Um, and yeah, Jeet and Lucinda were always at the end of the phone or, you know, Zoom call to help us um, along the way. And, and it, you know, couldn't have happened with like this without them definitely not and um yeah i'm pretty sure it was those guys who found don anderson last minute as well so you know there's that and all the contacts and, and they, they've made lots of films over the last five six years um and all the experience that they had and all you know the the um problem solving that they've had over the last five six years is, is how we got, got got to our end product really man yeah no that's that's great yeah, it, it, it's great seeing just something great come out of lockdown, you know what I mean? And just the fact that, yeah, it, it really does feel and, and sound like it was this real close-knit affair, you know? So the fact that you've been able to put this together, it's going to drop to the world shortly. Hey, you know what I mean? You should all <laughs> back, right? And so super proud of the product. Back, so super not, proud of it. Not with anything sharp. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> well, thank you very much for having us. Hey, no, I appreciate you guys stopping by. And um, yeah, good luck with uh, the big release and looking forward to the Three Musketeers. Excellent. Well, hopefully, see you then. All right, definitely. Stop by. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.
Okay, people, so there you go. There you go. All done. Boy, that was a fun conversation. You know what I mean? Hey, and the film drops Monday the 9th of May. So, um, yeah, go check it. You know, all the links in the episode information. Go follow Bill, Sophie, and David. You know what I mean? Do your thing, people. And if you haven't checked out part one, we take a look at a couple of films. Well, a film and a doc. And then part two, we um yeah, we chat with Bluffs director and a writer, Sheik Shanawaza. So hey, this was hey, it was a great week, people. A great week. So I hope you enjoy the episodes. You know what I mean? Go check out the festivals, right? And we will see you next week. You know what I mean? Share with your friends. You know what I mean? Do that because why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? All right, people. Enjoy your film watching and we will see you next week. Peace.